so that every blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. So God's will is that we be blessed. But we know that we have an enemy that doesn't want us to receive those blessings. There's tons of blessings that God wants to give us. Okay, but there, things, things can get in the way of those blessings, and then we don't receive them, or we don't receive all of them. Okay? So, it says in verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, what are these blessings of Abraham that we're talking about? And for that, we have to go back into Deuteronomy. We should all know what chapter that is already. Blessings and Curses, chapter 28. And we're going to go there. We're not going to spend a lot of time here, because the blessings are only 12 verses, and the rest of the chapter are all the curses that can come along with that. So there's a lot more curses than there are than there are blessings. But that's because the blessings just over they they overshadow everything else. So let's look at first how did the blessings come? And it says right in verse one. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Now, the Jewish people, have, they had a lot of commandments that we have had to follow. But as we went through, if you go through the Bible, the, the commandments start out like this, and then they get smaller, and then they get smaller, and then they get smaller, and then we get to the point where the last commandment that Jesus gave us, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Everything kind of falls under those, those two categories. Because most of the commandments are involved with how you treat God or how you treat your neighbor. So it really is, it, it really simplifies it for everybody. You don't have to remember a hundred different commandments. You just have to remember to love God, love your neighbor. If you're doing something that's not showing love to your neighbor, you're breaking the commandment. That's as simple as that. And the blessings come from obeying those two things. If we love God, love our neighbor as ourself, we are going to be blessed. But there's a lot of things that we can do that can interrupt that. Check out verse 2. And all these blessings, blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Okay? So here it is. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, your children, okay, and then all the things that you do with your body. The produce of your ground, okay. So back then, most were farmers, so the produce would be what they grew. Today, it would be in addition to that, what we earn and, and our salaries and and you know what we do with with those things. And the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Okay, before we go on, I want you to just hold your finger in that page and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 
chapter 9, verse, oh, actually, uh, verse 8. We're going to skip up to there first. So it says, just in verse 7, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is the generosity that we need to have. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things. Great, that word, all. In all things we have sufficiency. We have everything that we need. We talked about that from another scripture last week. Okay, that God supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So this is just another scripture that supports that. That we have all sufficiency in all things. We have everything that we need. Okay? It doesn't mean that we're rich in finances. It doesn't mean that we're multimillionaires and, you know, that money won't be close. What God's promising us is that we will have everything that we need and a little bit extra so that we can always help other people that are around us. Okay? God does that in so many different ways. It's not just money. All right? It's, it's just having things. It's just, you know, having a wonderful family and seeing, you know, with, with our children and, and what they do and, and with our grandchildren and uh, just being able to help neighbors and stuff like that with talents that we might have or, or something we have in the house that we can help them with to give to them or financially. It, it just, there's just so many different ways that can that, that can happen. So it says that in all things may have an abundance for every good work. So we just have what we need for good works. All right? So that's that's part of the blessing that comes from obedience. Let's go to back to Deuteronomy, verse 5. Blessed, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. So it's everything, you know. It's like you're either coming in or you're going out. So it's at all times. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Okay? And there's a lot of enemies that we have. They're all different aspects of what an enemy really is. You know, in, in our lives. And for everybody, it's not always the same. But those enemies will be defeated. We don't have to worry about them. Okay? As long as we're being obedient to God's word. The Lord, uh, verse 9 now. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body. I think the fruit of your body uh, is not only uh, your children, but I think it's also our health. Okay, I think it has a big effect on the health. In the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you, 
The Lord will open to you his good treasures. What better treasures can we get than when the Lord opens up treasures to us? The heavens to give you the rain up to, the, to, the, to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Okay, and, and a lot of this has to do personally too with our debts. All right, God wants us to be able to lend to other people. That's the extras that He has. He doesn't want us to be crushed under a lot of debt, to be owing a lot of people a lot of money. Okay, now. We, we always have to take this into our society and look with our society. I don't believe that it's wrong to borrow money to buy a house because if you didn't, I don't know if you'd have, you know, not too many people would own a house. So obviously, there, there's certain things that I think God allows because that's the way it is in society. Houses cost too much money for, for people to be able to save that amount of money to get it. But I think once you do have a home, and you have that, that becomes part of your bills every month, you, you owe, let's say, $1,000 on your house, that just gets put into your budget, okay, and you make sure you're faithful to pay that and to pay it on time, okay, and not to continue with the idea that uh, we can keep borrowing on the home and borrowing on the credit cards and borrowing on us and buying all these things that, you know, if God really wanted us have them, he would give us the finances to do that. We wind up being crushed under that debt, and I don't believe that that is part of God's plan, and I don't think that it will be blessed if we do that. You know, our desire to have a brand new car is fine if you can look into the future and say, uh, I can see how I can afford that for X amount of dollars for, uh, you know, each month, but if you're buying a new car that you really don't think you're going to be able to afford, then it probably wasn't God's will to do that. And now you're crushed under that debt of doing that, along with the interest and everything else, that that interest could have been money that you could have used for other things or to help other people. And you don't have it anymore because you have to pay that to the bank or whoever else you borrowed it from. So, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you the rain to your land in a season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And here's the difference, okay? A head leads, a tail follows, okay? He wants us to be leaders in, uh, in what we're doing within our families, within our neighborhoods, with other people, leading people to the Lord, leading people in the Lord's, in the Lord's ways. So he will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. So you're not being crushed under with anything. You're above the things uh, that we were seeing. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right or the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Okay? And that's a big deal for the Lord, that we go after other gods. Okay? And all you have to do is read the, the Old Testament, and you see how Israel did that over.
of Israel doing that. It was, it, you know, not pleasant when that happens. They wound up living in Babylon for a short period of time, you know, for that reason. Now, the rest of Deuteronomy, all right, goes into a lot of the curses that come. We're not going to uh, read all of that, but uh, I was reading Derek Prince, and he kind of gave some examples of recognizing that you are living under under a curse. And listen to to some of these. Everything that you that you hear, you have to you have to kind of take it in the context of your own life. In other words, he's going to say sickness. Well, does it mean because you got sick a couple of times that you're under a curse? Okay. So you have to understand there's certain things that it means that if you're constantly dealing with something over and over and over again, then you have to be suspicious of why you're dealing with that over and over and over again. Okay, so these were some of the things that he felt were indications of being under a curse. One was mental breakdown or emotional breakdown. And I know we experienced the emotional breakdown in my family. My mom had two nervous breakdowns while I was growing up. And she did have, she had six children, so <laughs> I'm sure some of that, you know, she was dealing with a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> now, I, I kind of grew up watching you know, her go through these things, even though I didn't really understand what was going on at the, tent, at, the, at the time. But the first time that she had her emotional breakdown, I was probably about eight years old. And then the next time, I, I think I was in my teens, but I had been away from home at the time. So I didn't really understand what was going on, but I noticed that when I first came to the Lord, that, uh, and I was about 35, at that time, I felt this, this fear within me, and I was, I was very afraid of losing my salvation. And it kind of dawned on me eventually that I had a spirit of fear that I, had, that I was dealing with, because I had... You know, Satan telling me, you know, you're not, you're, you're not, you're not going to get to heaven for this reason and that reason, and you know, I was believing that stuff because I was dealing with this this spirit of fear that I think was passed down from my mom to me, and you know, we we, we had break that. Uh, uh, we Patty and I had to go through uh, some kinds of prayer and uh, renouncing this spirit so that I didn't have to deal with that that thing anymore. The blood of Jesus covers us, so we can deal with these things through, through, through the Lord. But we have to understand that there are things that can happen in our lives that, uh, uh, that, that can happen. Some of these curses, and this one was in my family, is what we call a generational curse. And if, if you, we look in Deuteronomy, um, I'm trying to remember where that is now. Let's see. Because it's in the uh, Ten Commandments. Oh, it's not in Deuteronomy. It's in Exodus. I'm sorry. And uh, you go to chapter 20 in Exodus. And 
verse, I'm going to start in verse 4. It says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity, the sin, of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. And I, I looked at that verse, and if, if you read through the Old Testament, you're going to see that same verse over and over and over again. It shows up here in Exodus, and then it shows up in Deuteronomy, and it shows, shows up in Numbers. Um, when God repeats something over and over and over again, you better listen. You know? And here it is. Um, I, I really see it in, in my own family. Both of my grandfathers were alcoholics. And my dad is a recovering alcoholic. Fortunately, he's been in AA for about 30 years, and he hasn't had a drink in 30 years. But he went through alcoholism. I have a brother that died from alcoholism and drug use. And I have another brother that is struggling with alcoholism right now. So I can see how, how it just comes down, down the line. And once again, the blood of Jesus can take care of these things. And we made sure that we broke this in, in our family, that Patty and I made sure that this wasn't going to not only affect us, but it wasn't going to be passed down to our children and to our grandchildren. Of course, the third and fourth generations would go down to our grandchildren. Okay? So it's important that we recognize that these things, these general, generational curses, can exist in families. And even if it skips us, because I never really had an urge for alcoholism. I don't know what would have happened if I didn't give my life to the Lord at age 35. But up to that point, I wasn't having any struggles with that at all. But it can skip through somebody and then wind up in, in the children. So we have to be aware that if there's something in our families, that in our grandparents, our, our dads or something, that those things can affect our children. And we need to break them. Right. And those are things that if we're not sure exactly what to do about those things, it's good then, then to go to leaders in your church or something and make sure that you find out what to do and how to do that. We can pray with you and make sure that that happens. Okay? So uh, that, was, that was just the first one, first indication of a curse. Second one is repeated or chronic sicknesses especially if they're hereditary sicknesses. Third one is female problems. Barrenness, miscarriages, and menstrual difficulties. The next one, a breakdown of marriage or family alienation. So you can see it constantly within your family. Next one, financial insufficiency. We talked a little bit about that already. The next one, being accident-prone. Okay, which means basically, you know, you, you, you get a broken bone and then that heals up and six months later you've got something else wrong and then a couple of months later something else. And it's just constant. It just never seems to end. Okay, and you see this in families sometimes 
in children. That it's just one thing after another, and that shouldn't be. You know, it shouldn't be that you're, you know, broken bones is one thing, but when you're dealing with something over and over and over again, all through your childhood, all right, it's a, it's a sign that there could be a, a curse that you have to deal with. Okay, and the, and the last one, uh, the history of suicide or unnatural deaths. Okay, so all those things uh, can, can uh, uh, be things that might have to be dealt with. All right. Now, there are possibilities where we can actually seek a curse into our own mind. Right? And it's just how we talk about ourselves sometimes. I am so stupid. I should not, you know, have done that. You know, how many times do we say things about ourselves that, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying that, oh, we said it once, that that's definitely we have a curse in our life or anything, but you can actually talk yourself into being no good at something. I, I can't cook to save my life, you know? And if you keep saying that over and over again, you know, you, you go to the kitchen and you make something and it tastes terrible, you know, and it, 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 you've convinced yourself that you don't have the ability to be able to, uh, to, to cook food. So it's, it's important that we um, be careful about what things that we say about ourselves. Uh, in uh, scripture, Rebecca, uh, the wife of Jacob, put a curse on herself when she sent her son uh, to, um, to deceive Jacob. And she said to her son, go ahead and, uh, you know, deceive him, that, tell him that you are uh, your brother, you're really Esau. And the brother said, well, I don't want to do that because I might bring a curse on myself. Because he knew that he was... Okay, I'm sorry. Did I, did I get that? Did, who am I saying? Oh, uh, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. And Jacob was the one that went to him. I got the names mixed up. And uh, but Jacob said, uh, I don't want to bring a curse on myself. And Rebecca said, let that curse fall on me. She brought the curse on herself. And I think it was Rebecca that she died in childbirth, I believe, the next I think that she had a child. I think she died in childbirth. There was something in, in the future where she, she died while she was doing uh, doing something, but probably the result of that of that curse. Um, we can also we also have to be careful as we are speaking to other people, especially if we have a hold authority over them. Um, a teacher that calls a child in their class stupid, okay, can actually bring a curse on that child because they have authority over that child. We can do it as uh, a father uh, saying that, uh, oh, Johnny, you're never, ever going to be able to, I don't know, fix something electronic or something like that. And the child will grow up and not be able to do that, you know, because the father actually spoke that into... Uh, his, uh, his wife. As leaders in our church, we have to be careful about what we say to people because 
there is an authority, and we're authority figure, and you can speak things into people's lives. Um, so we have to be very, very careful about that and just be aware of that. One of the best ways to bring blessings into our lives uh, has to do with one of the nations that exists, and that's the nation of Israel. And let's go to uh, Genesis for a second. Uh, Genesis 12, 3. And I don't think I even want that one off. Genesis 12, 3. And the Lord speaking to Abraham here. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in all the families of the earth shall be, um, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now he's talking individually, but he's also talking to nations. There are many nations that have dealt very poorly with Israel through the years. A lot of the nations don't even exist anymore, and Israel still does. I think the easiest example to see in present time is the nation of Great Britain. Great Britain was the nation that was basically in charge of Israel after World War I. And uh, they were uh, or World War II now. I don't remember which one it was. But they were in charge of bringing Israel in kind of as, as a nation, and they did everything they could to um, actually retard that or stop that from happening. And Great Britain, you know, at one time was a great nation that had land all over the place. Uh, today, they've been reduced to, I think, I think they have like three territories that they own now. And rather than you know, half the world that they at once was. They used to say that the sun never rose or set on, on any land in Great Britain because their, their territories were so far wide. Okay? But they did, they were actually doing things against the nation of Israel. And kind of because of that, you see Great Britain is not the great nation that it once was. All right? And we can see how that curse can fall on them. But it's the same with us. We want to be blessed. We should be praying for the Jewish people. We should be uh, supporting, you know, uh, whatever we can that's going on, on over there because there are many organizations that are attempting to, uh, to, do, to do that. So what do we do if we find ourselves under a curse? And... My suggestion, first of all, is to, to go to leaders in your church because I, I really think that uh, there's, if you're not sure exactly how to deal with this, uh, it, it's a good idea to, to be with somebody in leadership that would be able to help you out in dealing with it. But there are four R words that we really need to do. One is to recognize the source of the curse. I mean, obviously, that's going to happen because... You won't know that you're, if you know you're under a curse and you have recognized it. We need to repent. And sometimes, you know, people might say, well, I didn't really do anything wrong. It was my grandfather, you know, that did that or something. But it, it's because that this is 
passed down through generations within your own family, repentance is really important. And it's a, it, it kind of rids ourselves of any guilt that's in there. Uh, even though the guilt is not personal, it's kind of like a generational guilt, we still have to repent of that. And it breaks it. It helps to break that uh, uh, thing that, that, that was passed down. So we recognize that we repent of it. We have to renounce it in our lives that has no place in our life at all. Okay? And then finally, resist. In the book of James, God says to resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And that's what we need to do. We need to resist it because it's probably, in our lives, it's probably something that's pushing us to get involved in whatever that might be, whatever that hurt might be, you know, might be in our lives.